What's up, guys? Welcome to Views Around the Huddle. This is host, Preston. I'm co-host, Randall. And uh, today we got a special guest on. Uh, we've got Adam Dworsky, AD. Uh, I've known him for a while. It's uh, been a while since I talked to him, but we're going to see how he's been. So, Adam, uh, if you can just tell me, who are you? What's up, man? Who am I? First of all, guys, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, really cool opportunity here. I love just getting to chop it up, talk sports with uh, people like you guys. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, so like Preston said, my name is Adam Dworsky. Uh I'm from Flyer Mound, Texas, same hometown as Preston. Uh, I'm a professional basketball player currently. I, uh, I'm actually in the Czech Republic in Central Europe, uh, playing my first professional season of a uh, pro basketball um, before this, I played for five years at Southeastern Oklahoma State University. It's a uh, Division II school, actually, where Dennis Rodman went, uh, for those of you who don't know. So a uh, um, little connection there. Um, but, yeah, so I, I played five years there, had a pretty good senior year. We, uh, we, we won, our, uh, won our conference last year. I put up good numbers, so I was able to get an opportunity to come play over here overseas. So now I'm just uh, living the life, man. I'm getting paid to play basketball and seeing some of the world while I do it. That's a dream. So uh, I heard you play today. Um, how'd that game go? Who'd you play against? Yeah, we just got we just got a, got done with the game earlier today. We had a home game. Uh, got the win. Um, you'll forgive me if I don't know how to pronounce all the teams that we play in our <laughs> league, but uh, played a pretty good team actually. We uh, we played them already in the preseason. We had a good game against them, and then uh, yeah, they came to our place today. We won by I think we won by seventeen or eighteen. So it was a good win for us. Uh, but yeah, we're uh, so cool thing about this is we're a new team in the league. So I don't know if you guys like follow like overseas like soccer and stuff and how like relegation and promotion works. But essentially, like whatever league you're in, if you win your league, you move up within your country. Or conversely, if you get last place, you move down. And so the team I'm playing on actually uh, competed in the second division last year and uh, won the league. And so this is our first year in the top division. So. Uh, expectations probably aren't as high as a lot of the other teams in the league, but uh, we're two and two right now after a really good start. And uh, yeah, we had a really good win today. So things are going good. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that win. Um, so what would you say has been the biggest difference coming from collegiate basketball to professional basketball? And also uh, what has been the biggest difference in going from basketball in America to playing basketball overseas? Yeah, so anytime you kind of make that jump, like whether it be middle school to high school or you're playing JV to varsity, right, there's always people always talk about like pace of play. So like everyone just kind of moves a little faster, knows what they're doing. Um, I've noticed the biggest the biggest difference playing professionally over here compared to Division Two basketball, which I played last year, is just um, – like size, size and strength of everybody. I mean, it goes without saying, but I mean, the guys I'm playing against are 30, 35 year old, you know, grown men that are fully developed. You know, if you can just imagine what, you know, it's like you're playing guys at, at the rec, you know, at lifetime fitness, but they're actually good at basketball. You know, they're just big, <laughs> strong guys. And so it's just a really physical game. And um, it's, it's taken a little bit to get used to, but, um, and yeah, just like you, the second part of your question about like, what makes European basketball a little bit different. Um, there, there's a lot of high IQ players over here. Um, they share the ball really well. There, you, there's not a lot of guys on teams that, that shoot the ball 20, 25 times a night. It's, uh, 
a lot of times you'll see an even box score. Um, a lot of guys score in between 10 and 15 points. Um, and then just a couple of different rules you got to get used to. Like a couple of games ago, I drive in the paint and I shoot a layup and the ball's kind of sitting on the rim and the other team's big guy jumps up and just whacks it off the rim. And my first reaction is like, well, you know, you can't do that. It's a goaltend. <laughs> but, it's, you know, overseas basketball, you can do that. Once the ball hits the rim, it's live. And so just different rules like that. Um, oh. You kind of got to get used to, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, bigger, better, faster players. And so just getting used to that has been probably the biggest, uh, biggest adjustment. Yeah. I mean, that's quite the transition. I, I kind of want to get more into the specifics of that later. Um, but let's just go to the beginning. How'd you get interested in basketball? How'd you, how'd you gravitate towards it? So interestingly enough, basketball was never really my, my main sport growing up. Um, I, played soccer. Soccer is my first sport. Um, I feel like that's just a common sport. A lot of people play, you know, it's easy to just run around and kick the ball around, especially when you're really little. And then from when I was about four <clears throat> until literally my freshman year of high school, I was baseball, 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 baseball my whole life. Um, fall, spring and summer, I played baseball. And then, I mean, I played basketball too. Basically our, our same group, we had a, a group of uh, a group of kids that we kind of just played every sport together. But baseball was eight months of the year and so that was definitely the focus um and so I like basketball too it just I was never as good as I was at baseball and so fast forward to my freshman year of high school and uh you know it's you know flyer mom being a 6A school it's a little tough to play two sports especially once you get to the varsity level because it's just so demanding right um you get you know, there's just so much that goes into being a good athlete. Um, it's hard to do that at two sports, especially because basketball and baseball overlap, you know, so much. Right. Um, so freshman year, I tried it. I tried, uh, I went with, tried, tried to play both, uh, had a pretty good basketball season <clears throat> and then, uh, go to baseball season. And the thing about flyer mountain baseball is, um, my freshman year, actually the varsity team was five, a state champs. And so if that gives you, Tells you a little bit about, you know, just how good, um, how much talent, you know, on the baseball field there is in Flyer Mound. And so um, just kind of having to deal with, you know, I was a good baseball player, but there was four or five other kids in my class at my position that were also good. That's just kind of <clears throat> the way it was. And so a lot of my freshman year, I I kind of spent battling, um, you know, playing time with different guys. And, I mean, rightfully so. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, I was better than those guys because I, I wasn't, you know, it was just – so much talent and uh so I kind of had to deal with that a little bit and then after my freshman year kind of sat down with my parents and um they kind of said hey like you kind of need to to make a choice right baseball or basketball and as hard as that was because baseball is all I'd ever known you know I literally played baseball since I was four years old you know eight nine months of the year and uh but I saw myself climbing through the program you know to the varsity team quicker in basketball and uh and so I made the decision to go with basketball and uh it paid off pretty good for me I'd like to think um you know I certainly miss baseball miss baseball here and there but um <clears throat> but yeah so I, I'd like to say that I was just basketball 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 from day one but uh you know there's definitely I kind of took a little uh little detour along the way if you will but uh definitely grateful you know that I was able to play so many different sports growing up I felt like that that played a part in shaping me into the athlete I am today. 
So how would you say that getting that experience playing all those different sports, and you mentioned baseball was the primary out of those, so baseball specifically, how would you say that uh, that helped you in your basketball career? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a big argument going around whether whether or not kids should specialize in, uh, you know, in one sport or whether or not they should try different, different sports. And, um, you know, I get that once you get to the varsity level, it's hard to, to – um, to do multiple sports just given the time and commitment that you need to be good at one sport. But I think it's so important as, especially at a young age to, to play different sports one, because it's important, I think, to, to find out what you're good at and what you love, right? If, if my parents just said, Hey, you're going to be a baseball player and they stuck me in baseball and didn't let me play any other sports. Um, I never would have gotten to experience, you know, the love and joy I have playing basketball. And so I think that's part of it. And then also, I think any team sport you play, you just learn valuable lessons, you know, teamwork, um, leadership, um, just just things like that that aren't necessarily sport specific, but that'll serve you well, um, whether whether you're playing another sport or even in life, you know, when you're you're working a job and you got to do a group project, right? Learning how to to cooperate with others, um, work well as a team with people who have, you know, similar goals as you do. So I think at the end of the day, I'm super grateful that I played so many sports growing up because, um, well, another thing is you, you, you make friends and you build relationships with different people. And then also, like I was saying, it's just it's important to build those those characteristics that will serve you well in the long run. What position did you play in baseball? I played I played shortstop pretty much all the way growing up until my arm wasn't strong enough. So they moved me over to second when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. I had a good glove. Uh, I rarely struck out. Um, I wasn't necessarily a power hitter. I probably had three or four doubles the whole time I ever played baseball, <laughs> but I could put the bat on the ball. I had a good glove. And so, yeah, middle infield for the most part is what I played. Very nice. So that's kind of your game style in uh, baseball, but how would you describe your style of play in basketball? What, what's your archetype? So basketball in archetype, to be honest, has kind of evolved a little bit over the years. Um, I say traditionally, I'm a, I play with a lot of pace. Um, I kind of pride myself on being hard to guard as far as keeping me in front. Um, I never really was a great scorer. And I mean, I, I can make open shots. I can get to the rim, finish when I need to, but I pride myself on my ability to, <clears throat> to, um, to get by my guy get to the the center of the defense and make plays for my teammates. And so definitely in that sense, I'm a pass first point guard. Um, as I've kind of progressed through, you know, different situations I've been in, right. Every team, you're going to have a different role. And um, so along the way, I've kind of developed a little bit more of a scores mentality. Although I think, you know, at heart, I'm always going to kind of be a pass first guy. I like to get my teammates involved, uh, get the pace of the game going up and down, push the ball up the court, things like that. Yeah. Do you think that that do you think that that play style developed from the players that you were playing around being so skilled and your, you know, desire to kind of get them involved? Or was that something that just came naturally for you? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, so I'll paint you guys a picture. Preston knows this well, but about flyer mound kind of style of play. Um, Coach Eric Littleton, uh, one of my favorite people ever. He does a great job over there and. Um, at least when I was there, it was seven seconds, get the ball down the court, um, shoot threes. 
And so if you're in flyman basketball for program, you can shoot the ball. You can pretty much guarantee that unless you're a big man. And so uh, when I was a freshman, Coach Wilson told me, he said, here's the deal. That when you get the ball, when you get the outlet pass, you either got to advance the ball out of your hands before you get to half court. Or if you can't do that, you got to get all the way to the middle of the paint. There's no dribble down, pick up the ball at the three-point line, pass. It's you got to get the ball out of your hands if someone's open, or if not, put your head down and get to the rim. And so I think I think the Flyer Mounds kind of play style kind of you know really pushed me in that direction. Of, okay, I got to be able to play fast if I want to get on the court here. And at the same time, I think just being naturally quick and with good footwork, gifted with the basketball, I think that was also you know, it definitely played into my strengths. So I think a little bit of both to answer your question. Yeah, so uh, starting point guard at Firemount, uh, I think two years, if I remember correctly, junior two and years. senior. Uh, yeah. so I, you made the playoffs both years. What was it like leading the, the team as a point guard to, to back-to-back 6A tournament appearances? Yeah, the high school basketball is some of the, the most fun times I'll, you know, I'll have in my entire life. Um, it's just – you know, you, you get a group of guys that are your best friends and you do, you know, you go through high school with them. Um, you get to the varsity level and you're competing every Tuesday and Friday night with them. Um, I was in a fortunate situation where I loved all the coaches on the staff. I loved all my teammates. And so it was super fun. And then, as you said, I was fortunate to play with a lot of really good players, um, um, which in turn, I'll talk a little bit about kind of the 6A varsity basketball in the area because um, you mentioned we went to playoffs both my junior and senior year I actually never won a playoff game um, at Fire Mound um, which just kind of speaks to the competition and the players that are in the area like my junior year for instance uh, we started we started me started Johnny Scully division one player at Army Isaiah Brown division one player at Northern Iowa and is now uh, in the G League for the uh, the Mavs and then Christian Edmondson played Division II ball at Pitt State. And then uh, Bryce Boyd, who, um, had he wanted to, could have played basketball um, somewhere as well. So we had five college basketball players on our team and didn't win a playoff game. Um, and so it's just, like I said, we got you got guys all over. You got Denton Geyer, Allen. You got the Plano schools. It's just There's so many good basketball players in, in the DFW area. And so, you know, I was on some really good teams, but it was also – it's also what made it fun because every night you had a different challenge. You weren't just playing these small town, you know, small school that, you know, everybody, everybody could play. And so on any given night, any team could beat anybody. And that's what, I think that's kind of what made it a lot of fun in my eyes. Do you remember any high school matchups that stick out to you? Like, wow, I played against that guy then and now he's doing this. Yeah. You know, there's quite a few of them. Um, the, one, the first one that I kind of remember was, uh, I don't know if you guys know, Andrew Jones played at Texas um, for four yeah, years. Mm-hmm. I had a battle with uh, with cancer, I think. Um, leukemia. For a little bit there. The leukemia, yeah, yeah. Really cool story there, actually. Um, and he was he was one of the best high school players I played against. We actually beat his team uh, my junior year, which was pretty cool. Um, not that I had too big of a part in that. Um, actually – if you go, if you look up Andrew Jones senior year, ball is life, hoop, you know, hoop mixtape, whatever. I'm actually on there twice. Um, on the wrong caught, end of it. I'm on the wrong end of it. He, <laughs> he, he caught me reaching on a fast break. He, he's dribbling down, and I'm like, "There's no way he sees me." So I go in for the quick little lunge, see if I can get a steal, and he puts it behind his back and uh, makes me look pretty dumb. And then I want to say the other one. 
he caught it on the wing and I closed out to him and he gave me just a simple jab, jab step. And I moved back about eight feet and just gave him a wide open three and he knocked it down. And so I'm on there twice. Uh, not for the best reasons, but yeah, so he was, he was probably one of the best players I played against. And then the other one that wasn't as big of a name, but uh, Javon Jackson, <clears throat> I don't know if y'all know who he is. He played, played at U.S. Trinity um, and then went on to play four years at UT San Antonio. And don't quote me on this, though. I believe he was top five in Division One in scoring two or three times. Wow. I know they played OU two, two or three different times. Uh, I remember one time they played OU. I think him and Trey um, had both had 30 that night or something. Um, but just a guy that could flat-out score. We, uh, we boxed in London my senior year at their place. I think he had 25 or 27. Just what, you know, you could throw whatever defense you want at him and uh, it's not going to matter. And so those, those two guys kind of come to mind when I think about, you know, the best high school players I played against. And those were a lot of fun. I think that JJ actually mentioned him as a guy that he played against one of the better guys that he played against in college ball. He did also. Yeah. The kid could fill it up him and uh, Keaton Wallace played He's from – he's a local guy, too. He played at Richardson High School. And then I played him in, uh, in high school, too, and they were backcourt mates at UT San Antonio, and they, they were both hovering around 20 points a game for their whole career. Mm-hmm. And so just two guys that could really fill it up. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, those guys were a lot of fun to play against. I wouldn't want to play them. Uh, but uh, so, so coming out of high school, what's the transition like? Were you – what were you thinking about, like, recruitment? Did you think you were going to go play D1? Did you think you were going to play D2? What were the looks you were getting? And uh, when you finally wound up at, at Southeast Oklahoma, is that, what, is that what you kind of expected? So my recruitment story is kind of crazy, and it's, it's really cool how it happened. So <clears throat> May of my senior year, like May, like most kids make their college decision, like, fall-ish, like, right, you start applying, like, late summer, and then October, November rolls around, you kind of start – figuring out where you're going to school this was may of my senior year like proms about to happen like all this stuff and i didn't know where i was going to college um there's one point where i was i was 90 percent just set on hey look i'm just gonna go to a&m study engineering just say i'm done with basketball i just had gotten a couple of division three looks a juco look um but just nothing really that just stood out to me and at, at that point I was just kind of like you know what maybe it's best I hang it up and so this is the story I love telling it it's kind of crazy this was literally at like May 29th I think if I remember correctly I'm, I'm with my dad at Chili's and I get a call from coach Littleton the high school coach at Fire Mountain and he says hey what are you doing tomorrow and it's a, this is a Thursday night and I said well nothing you know I got school um, other than that nothing he said uh graduate assistant coach at southeastern oklahoma state just called um he looked at your film he likes what he sees he wants you to come for a workout uh tomorrow the next day i said oh like cool yeah like i'm in um i had never heard of southeastern oklahoma state university in my life it's only an hour and a half from from fire mountain so it's really not that far at all it's just you know north of the oklahoma texas border Right. Um, right there in Durant, but I never heard of it. Um, didn't know anything about the program. Didn't know that's where Dennis Rodman went to school. Had no idea anything about it. And so I get in the car with my dad the next day and drive up to Durant, Oklahoma, and uh, 
go through a little tryout, just some shooting drills. And we went up and down for, you know, an hour or two and uh, <clears throat> played pretty well. Um, I really did. I hit some shots. Um, and I think that was on a Friday. And I think within the span of about five days, I was committed. So I went from not knowing a single person at the school, never talked to a single coach or anything. And then five days later, I'm committed on a full scholarship to go play um, college basketball. And so it was just, it was kind of crazy how, how everything changed so quick because, I mean, like I said, I talked to my parents about it and I was, I was pretty dead set about just going to school at A&M and, uh, you know, God opened the door for me. And uh, I'm so grateful that, that he did. It's kind of crazy how it happened, but, um, you know, thanks to that, I had the, the best five years I could ever ask for. Was there ever a time during your college career where you thought, you know, I love it here, but, you know, maybe it's time to see if I, my talents can transfer elsewhere and, you know, try to play elsewhere. Or were you, you know, from the moment you were there, this is my place, I'm, I'm here or I'm nowhere? The whole time, I was, I, it was southeastern nowhere for me. Um, I, had, I had a good junior, senior year. And I don't know this for, to be true at all, but I had some people kind of telling me that, hey, you should, you should put your name in the transfer portal, right? And that, that's the big thing nowadays, right? Everybody's answering the transfer portal, and especially with the COVID year, right? Um, so everybody's getting that fifth year of eligibility. And so – and but to be honest, I never really gave it a thought because just looking back on it, uh, Coach Kelly Green at Southeastern, he's my head coach all five years, he – he took a chance on me when I was a senior in high school. Um, I was under-recruited. I didn't have great high school stats. Um, it was late in the game. Nobody else wanted me. And so but he took a chance on me. And, and uh, you know, I came in as a freshman and I wasn't immediately productive, but he stuck with me. He developed me. He worked with me. And so um, I felt like in that sense, I owed it to him, um, you know, to, to stick it out. And, and not that that's the only reason I stayed because I truly did love every second of being at Southeastern. Um, and I w- couldn't have imagined transferring anywhere else, but everything that that program and those coaches and that town did for me, it wouldn't have felt right at all to abandon that and go try my luck somewhere else. Um, and so to be, to be completely honest, I never had a second, you know, a second thought about it. Their loyalty is rare. And I think it's, it's very commendable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's a big thing for me because, and like I said, I'm not not to knock people that were in the transfer portal because there's lots of reasons for that. You know, a coach leaves, you know, Coach Green and his assistants, whatever, left Southeastern. Then you start to really think about, okay, what do I do next? But um, you know, they've been so good to me, and so I felt like you know, there's there's no point in trying to go anywhere else. Yeah, so talking about like the coach's trust. I saw – I looked up your stats and everything, and I saw that you started 25 of your 29 games freshman year. Uh, that's a lot to handle for point guard. Uh, what were the growing pains, and how much did the coaches trust, like, really propel you through that? Yeah, um, so the freshman year, my fall freshman year, I, um, I, I wasn't incredibly productive in, you know, in practice and stuff. I was still – I mean, I was the, the scrawniest, the smallest one on the team by far, and so – part of it was just getting, you know, physically ready to play college basketball. I wasn't quite there yet. Um, every time we'd play pickup, you know, the seniors or the returners would be captains. And I was always, we had 16 guys I remember, and I was always the the 16th. Like I would have to wait 
two games to play pickup, right? If you're following me, the first 10 play and then the, the, the next five comes on. I was at 16 to guy for most of the fall and rightfully so. I mean, I, I just, I wasn't ready to play college basketball <clears throat> and uh, we start having scrimmages and stuff and I'm not, not really playing that much. And I remember talking on the phone with my dad and I'm like, dad, like, I'm going to red shirt this year. I think like it's best for me. You know, I don't, I don't see myself contributing a whole lot this year. I think it'd be better if I just get in the weight room, work on my game, things like that. And, uh, for whatever reason, Coach Green saw something in me, and uh, I'll I'll forever be grateful for that. But we uh, <clears throat> we had a couple of exhibition games against Division ones, and I got in a few minutes, didn't do a whole lot, and then I think we had a couple of our guys in our backcourt get hurt, and so the first game of the year, we're getting blown out by somebody up in Edmond, Oklahoma. We're playing UCO Central Oklahoma, and they're blowing us out, and so I get in the second half and start kind of. Started playing a little bit. Started playing a little bit. I didn't think much of it because it was a blowout. And then uh, the next game, we get down 15 and 20 again in the second half. He puts me in again. <clears throat> I started to play a little bit better. And so, uh, and then our first conference game rolls around that next week. I end up coming off the bench and playing about 30, 32 minutes and uh, played the same the next conference game played came off the bench but played another 30 or 35 minutes and then by the fifth game of the year uh thanksgiving day i was i was in the starting lineup so it was it was a really cool progression just going from um you know being that freshman that's just trying to soak up as much as he can um and learn as much as i can and and work on my game every day and then kind of got fortunate you know we got a had a couple guys that get hurt um and I was given an opportunity and, you know, my job was to make the most of it. And, you know, luckily I did. And so I, I gained the coach's trust and was able to, uh, you know, hold my spot in the starting lineup for, for the rest of that year. Was that something that felt like an accomplishment to you being able to earn that starting spot as a freshman, especially after you said, you know, you weren't very highly recruited, you know, you were picked up late in the game by a coach that you said you felt like really took a chance on you and, you know, he extended that chance further, you know, and obviously you earned it by earning that starting spot. Did that feel like an accomplishment to you? Yeah, it certainly did. Just, I mean, given that, I mean, this was college basketball. And I mean, for those of you, I'll speak a little bit to D2 basketball. Obviously, I'm a homer here. I'm a little biased. But uh, you got a lot of guys that can play at all, you know, all different levels. We played OU uh, my junior year at Southeastern. We played OU in the exhibition. They beat us by 12 or 13. Um went to overtime with a couple of different division ones. And so there's, there's good basketball division too. And it's not like coming in as a freshman and getting playing time immediately is something that's easy. Um, so I certainly didn't take it for granted. And uh, I think the coolest part about that was that I had upperclassmen on the team. Um, even guys that I was playing ahead of like juniors, seniors that came in, that were coming off the bench for me, and those are the guys that were the most instrumental in, in helping me grow as a player. They're, they're seeing things. They're telling me things that they see that I'm not seeing. They're, uh, they're encouraging me when I'm not having a good day in practice. And so I feel like that's just super rare in today's day and age, right? It's all about, you know, me versus you. This is my spot or I'm going to be – I'm going to pout and mope around and, and not be a good teammate. But that wasn't the case at all. Um, so I'm super thankful for that. Like I said, we just had guys that – that no matter you know what kind of playing time they were getting, no one, no matter if I was stealing their minutes or not, um, they're just all in on helping me, you know, develop the best that I could. And so I think that was really cool.
Yeah, that's awesome. So freshman year kind of sounded like uh, it went almost as well as it could have possibly gone. But then you transition into your second year, your third year, fourth year, fifth year. Uh, you got a couple of postseason runs in there. Uh, I saw your three-time all-GAC uh, first-teamer. Uh, you were GAC player of the year in, in 2022. And uh, you're also on the all-academic teams. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of awards, a lot of accomplishments. Uh, which one of those awards meant the most to you and why? Um, I don't know if this is considered an award, but the, the most important thing to me was that we actually we won our, our regular season tournament or our regular season uh, championship this year, um, the Great American Conference, which, I mean, that to me, that, that surpasses any individual award. Um, just – because, I mean, that, that's what it's all about, right, winning games as a team. Um, there's no greater feeling than that. Uh, as far as individual awards, so I'm the Southeastern and GAC's all-time assist leader, and that's that's kind of what I take pride in the most, um, getting my teammates the ball, getting them involved. Um, like I was saying earlier, I, I score when I need to, but I'm much more comfortable uh, getting the ball to my hands and, I've been so lucky to play with so many guys that can make shots. You know, it makes my job a lot easier when all I have to do is pass them the ball and they knock it down. And so, yeah, I'd say if if I had to pick an individual award, that was the coolest for me. It's it's my assist awards because <clears throat> because I feel like in a way that's also kind of a team award. It's it speaks to just the unselfishness as a team that we had and the amount of guys that could knock down open shots. I think I think with anything, there's always room to improve, and so and so with, with each each sort of, or sort of milestone or each each thing you accomplish it gives you not only confidence that you can do it but it gives you motivation to just continue striving forward right it's just, i mean even the base the most basic like you're playing a game my freshman year and you see that first three ball go down it's like okay deep breath like you know i can do this and then it's like okay i you know i come off pick and roll throw the ball back to the pop guy, get the assist. So it's like every time you you accomplish something, no matter, you know, big or small, um, it, it sort of not only gives you confidence that, that you're capable of doing it, but it kind of gives you, um, you know, it kind of sets the bar like, okay, here's where I am. And now what, what can I do next to further my game even more? And so <clears throat> that's the biggest thing for me. I took pride in um, transitioning from each year um, as a college player, it's just adding something to my game each summer um because the, the last thing you want to do is stay where you're at right knowing that everybody else is getting better so it's you know it's my job to to work really hard in the off season so that each year i come back um better at this or better at that and uh always trying to be the best player that i can possibly be and knowing that there's there's always room to improve yeah so uh which one of these years do you think you took like the biggest individual leap in your game i think so I would say this past year I took the biggest leap um, from my fourth to my fifth year. Um, my fourth year was a little bit of a, a struggle for me. So we had, we had a pretty good team. And then uh, earlier in the year, our, uh, our starting big man, Kellen Manick, actually his, uh, his, his younger brother, Brady Manick was a, uh, an OU legend played at North Carolina. And so, his older brother actually was was my teammate in college, and uh, he goes down with a broken foot, a foot uh, night one of the season, and so and so I kind of I kind of got thrusted into a 
a situation that I wasn't entirely comfortable in. That being, okay, I need to shoulder more of a scoring load now. You know, he was a guy that averages 15 points a night, um, can shoot the ball, can score down low. So now it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take the next step in in being a scorer. And to be quite honest, I wasn't, I wasn't entirely ready for that at that moment. Um, and so my uh, my numbers went up a little bit that year, but my my production, my uh, efficiency went down a little bit. I wasn't shooting the ball um, at a, as high of a clip as I had in previous years. Um, and just it kind of felt like at times I was forcing. I wasn't entirely comfortable in what I was doing. And so uh, that, that was the biggest thing for me from year four to year five um, during that offseason. I said, OK, I need to I need to work as hard as I can to where I'm comfortable in games where I need to be aggressive. Um, and so this year scored a career high of 43 and I scored 37 twice this year, I think, which is way more than I ever had in my life. And so, um, and also not every game was like that because we had a really good team this year and we had other guys doing the same thing. We had a guy score 55 points in a game this year, Jet Sternberger, um, hit 12 threes. And so we had wow. so many weapons this year, but I was I was just gonna say, is he by chance related to Jace Sternberger? He is uh, the the little brother of Jace Sternberger, and so uh, ah okay, pretty cool. I, I'm an Aggie fan actually myself, and so I grew up well, didn't grow up, but I remember watching Jace uh, play tight end for the Aggies for a few years, and then uh, I learned that via the transfer portal we were getting his little brother. Um, pretty cool, but yeah, just crazy athletic family, and he's no different. Um, 55 points in the game obviously is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, we had all sorts of weapons this year, but you know, every now and then you have a game where um where the weapons aren't necessarily having the best game. And so then it's like, okay, I gotta take it upon myself to be aggressive, uh, find a way to score some points. And so I think this year I was a lot more comfortable in that role, um, as a little bit more of a scorer. And so I think I think uh I think the stat sheet and um, my my numbers would tell you that this year was the year I made the biggest jump, but also just I can tell you that personally. I just I felt a lot more comfortable in what I was doing and who I was as a player this year. So what did you do to get to that point? Because you mentioned, like you said, not feeling as comfortable. And then this season you got there and it showed in your numbers and you said in the way you felt playing as well. So what did it take to get to that point? Um, it to be quite honest the answer is simple and it's just um reps and hard work um and so it's getting up shots um working on game type shots where you're going um you're going full speed and you're taking and making shots and then basically all that does is i know that um as hard as i work um you know in the off season in the preseason and as many shots as i put up then it's then it gives me the the confidence and comfort to say, okay, I'm going to go out in the game and every time I'm open or every time I need to be aggressive, I'm going to take a shot and I'm going to live the results because I know the work I've put in. Right. Like if I never, ever, never, ever in my life practice a pull up jump shot from the right elbow and then I could get in the game and I go over three on those and I have no right to be upset that, that, that I missed those, you know, because I never work on it. But if you're always in the gym and you're, you're fine tuning your game and you're, you're, you're getting up so many shots where it's, it's almost second nature. then it's like, yeah, you're not going to have a great night every single night you go out there, but 
there's that peace that comes with, okay, I, I know I've put the work in and so I'm going to live with the results. And I know that if I miss one shot, the next shot's going in. Yeah. So because of all that hard work, uh, like you touched on earlier, you set some records, assist records, um, not only for single game, but also like career and season wise. Um, the only other person that kind of did that for single game and career and season was uh, Dennis Rodman with rebounds. So what's it like seeing your name by him in, in the school record books? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And my, my teammates and friends always kind of poke fun at it. Like uh, they're going to put a door ski up next to Rodman in the rafters. Like, it's not not to that extent because Dennis Rodman obviously was a different beast, but it is pretty cool. Like just seeing seeing what he's been able to do, or what he was able to do as a professional athlete, and just knowing that you know he kind of he came from the same place as I did. It kind of it kind of brings that brings that back around. And obviously, he's I mean I'm not playing in the NBA. He was he won however many championships with the Chicago Bulls, and so. But uh, but yeah, seeing his his jersey up there uh, at the top of the arena is just is kind of cool. Um, seeing what he was able to do, and then um, just throughout my career, what I was able to do um, to help the team. Have you ever gotten to meet him? I have never. They they said that he has not been around. No one's <laughs> seen him. He doesn't come back and go to games. Uh, I think the place would go crazy if there's ever a Dennis Rodman sighting in a in the Bloomer Sullivan Arena. But he is. <laughs> he is uh he's gone ghost ever since he uh, graduated on to bit bigger and better things i guess i mean he went ghost in the middle of the finals too so <laughs> yeah as you say he's a hard guy to get a hold of <laughs> so is is that something that they that they con constantly you know remind y'all of or that's constantly kind of in your faces whenever you're playing there is that dennis rodman was here because i know this is completely different but i went to the same high school as you know an old rock musician named buddy holly and it was constantly thrown in our faces, like, by the way, you know, Buddy Holly went to your school. So I kind of am wondering if they do this, if they're similar with um, with Dennis Rodman in basketball there. Yeah, uh, Southeastern and Rodmiss are definitely synonymous in that sense. Uh, <clears throat> you hear it everywhere. Um, and not necessarily in a bad way. It's just it's kind of a cool way to to bring recognition, honestly, to Southeastern. Like if you go back and watch like The Last Dance, um, there's a, a little clip that's like kind of focused on Dennis Rodman. And uh, I think there's even another like Dennis Rodman specific documentary, but it like, it shows a, like a small little clip of like Southeastern's campus and our facility. And so it is kind of cool in that sense that a guy of that stature came through Southeastern and kind of what he did to, to put it on the map and, you know, allowed for people all over the world following basketball to know about Southeastern. My next question, kind of kind of going away from Rodman, but uh, what's to wrap up kind of like your college story? What what's the favorite game that you've ever played in? Is there any championship games or or postseason wins? What was the favorite one? All right, I'll give you two, and I'll I'll do the first one real quick. Um, so the first one was actually my first NCAA tournament appearance. <clears throat> it was my sophomore year, and. Um, D D two tournament works very similar to D one. Sixty four teams make it, you know, single elimination, yada yada yada, whole nine yards. And so we we sneak in as an at large bid. We didn't win our conference, so we got an you know an at large. And we're playing a Northern State, um, who was a national runner up the year before. Big underdogs. <clears throat> um, so we we go up to uh, Maryville, Missouri. That school was the host that year. We go up there. 
and uh, we're playing. We're we're down ten or fifteen, and I think to be honest, most of us were just happy that we we're you know somewhat in the game. Um, you know that late against such a good team, it's just kind of a surreal experience for us all. Um, first trip for us to the national tournament since two thousand seven, I think. So it's just cool being there. Honestly, we're down thirteen with two minutes and nine seconds left. We end up winning by nine in overtime. Wow, One of the crazy! I, I, to this day, I've never seen anything like it. Um, we call a timeout at down thirteen with two minutes, and you know we hadn't pressed all year one bit. Coach basically said, "Hey, you know it's de- you know do or die time. We got to start pressing." And we just started turning them over. Uh, you know, turn over this. They missed a couple free throws. Turnover. Um, we got hot. Started hitting some threes, and then uh, I think there's ten seconds left. They go to the line for two free throws, miss them both. We're down three, and we go down. And Kevin Buckingham, um, our All American, hits the three at the buzzer to tie it. At that point, we had all the momentum in the in the gym, and so we just blew them out in overtime. Um, so that was probably the best win I had at Southeastern. And then my favorite game was was just this past year we played Oklahoma Baptist. Uh, we were tied for first in conference the last week of the regular season. Uh, they came to our gym on a Friday night. Winner wins the conference. Uh, I think there's a thousand more people there at that game than, than there were at any game in my Southeastern career. Um, I think there was 2,400 at, you know, capacities, 3,000. So it was, it was a packed house. And uh, we ended up winning by three, you know, in front of the, the Durant, the blue and gold faithful, uh, essentially a conference championship game for the regular season. And so we got to cut down the nets in front of the home crowd. Uh, pretty cool feeling. So that was, that was my favorite game of my, my college career for sure. What does it feel like to be part of such a monumental moment in your school's history? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question a lot because it's something I think back on a lot going back to the, this year, our game against Oklahoma Baptist, um, it's you, we, we won the conference championship, which in and of itself is cool. But the cool part to me was just, was sitting there, you know, everybody's taking their turns, walking up on the ladder, cutting their little piece of net. And it's just looking around the, uh, the, the stands and you see, I see my mom and dad and my sister, and then I see, you know, all my, my friends that I made at college up there in the student section. And then I see the football team and the softball team and, you know, all the, the different athletes at Southeastern. And then you see your math teacher. And then you see then you see your waiter at the local Mexican restaurant. It's just – it's such a community feel because Durant's such a small town. And so it's just – it's almost like just sharing that moment with all of them is kind of what made it super special, right? Um, everybody's everybody's so supportive in Durant. Um, and so it was kind of – it was cool to win it for them in a sense. There's just so many people um, that were there watching that, that had such a big impact on my life, whether that be basketball or in the classroom or the community or whatever it may be. And so being able to share that moment with them along with my teammates and coaches, I think that's what kind of – put the rim ribbon on that and made it super special. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, I mean, how, how sports is bringing everybody together, especially in such a small town, how much it means to them. Um, I mean, that's, that's really a great way to end it uh, at, your, at your college career. So uh, transitioning back into, into 
professional over in the Czech Republic, uh, SK Slavia Praha. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, sir. Spot on. All right. So, <laughs> so how did you even find out about them? Did they reach out to you? So, step one, when you want to be a pro, pro basketball player, any listeners out there that are aspiring pro basketball players, um, <clears throat> sign with an agent. That's what you got to do first. And so, and that process is is almost like recruiting in a way it's yeah an agent's job is to is to find players but at the same time it's it's my job to send out film stats and stuff um and so i was actually i actually had like a mutual connection with the agent that i ended up signing with um and so that was the first step for me i i signed with him and he actually lives here in prague and so his obviously that's how this connection you know, happen. But basically, once you sign with an agent, um, <clears throat> they start contacting coaches and teams for you saying, hey, you know, I got a point guard. Here's the stats. Here's the film. You know, basically looking to see who, you know, who needs my duties, essentially. And so um, <clears throat> I had two or three different options. Um, could have played here. Could have played in a, the second league in Germany. Um, it was really good basketball as well. A um, couple of teams in Slovakia were interested. And uh but me, not really. I mean, I'm, I don't know a single thing about any overseas basketball um, at that point. And so for me, it was also all about just signing with an agent that I felt like I trusted to make that decision for me, essentially. I mean, he's he's the one telling me, hey, here's here's your salary. What Here's what your living situations are going to be like. You know, I know this. I know the coach. I know the manager. They're good people. And so it's, it's just kind of at that point, it's me putting my trust in him that he's not going to lead me astray and uh you know again kind of like me being at southeastern how how perfect of a fit it was i feel like um you know coming here was just an awesome experience for me and an awesome opportunity um everybody that i've met here has been super cool teammates coaches and so uh yeah can't complain at all i love where i'm at i love being here and uh it's been fun so far do you have any teammates that are from the states or um or are they all check i have so in our league, you get five um, international players, um, a maximum of five. And so we have me and another American. So one other American on the team. He uh, played that ball at Alabama. And uh, this is the second year playing pro ball. He played in Portugal last year. But a lot of teams will have um, two to three Americans and then maybe a guy from, from Germany or Slovakia or somewhere else in Europe. But you get five. Um, if you want to use it. So I guess um, technically you could have five Americans, but yeah, we just have two. Being one of, you know, if your team is limited to only five international players and they choose you as one of those, that has to be pretty gratifying in itself, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because you bring in, I mean, you only get five of them. So you want to use your spots wisely, obviously. And so, um, you know, the expectation is that when you bring in, foreign players um that they're going to produce they're going to play a lot and so i've been lucky enough so far to get some good playing time um <clears throat> still not playing my best basketball i'm kind of learning everything um learning the system learning you know the league how to read defenses stuff like that so just like with anything new there's a learning curve but uh yeah i'm definitely in a great opportunity to where i can um play good minutes grow as a as a player and uh you know go from there so it's been good so waking up in Prague every uh, every morning on game day, uh, what what 
what do you do? What do you, how do you do to get ready for the game? What do you eat? You know, walk me through the game day process. Game day process. So <clears throat> today, so I wake up today, we had a three o'clock game, local time, start time. And so that's kind of common on the weekends. You'll play at, you know, mid-afternoon. Um, weekdays, if we have a game, it'll be six or seven at night. Um, so I woke up today. <clears throat> kind of my go-to thing here is, is going on walks. Um, there's a lot of cool things to just kind of walk and see. And so I'll throw my headphones in, put on a podcast or something, <clears throat> maybe a views from outside the huddle. I'm throwing <laughs> a podcast and uh, I'll just go walk and you know, walk around, especially it helps like on game day, just kind of get the blood flowing, stretch my legs a little bit. Um, <clears throat> made some grilled chicken breasts here in the, uh, at the hotel they got me staying at um, a little game, game day meal. Um, and yeah, just get to the gym about an hour and a half early, get some shots up, get warmed up and then we're ready to go. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, just like my daily routine, it's um, <clears throat> I'm in a good spot to where there's a lot of walkable like restaurants, shopping centers, stuff like that. And so, Basically, a lot of my days consist of if I just throw on a pair of shoes and just start walking. And sometimes I'll find a restaurant. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. But it's just <laughs> you know, it all, you kind of just chalk it up to the experience. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of enjoy just that aspect of not really knowing what each day is going to hold, but just kind of going out and uh, you know, trying different things and uh, just kind of growing. So. In general, what is the basketball scene like in the Czech Republic? You know, I think in um, a lot of Americans, you can walk by the park and there'll be, you know, a group of 5, 10, 15 people playing basketball. You know, you go to a life and fitness and find plenty of people to play. Is that happening over in the Czech Republic or, you know, what is the basketball scene like there? That is absolutely happening, but it's in the form of uh, soccer or as they call it, football. Um, basketball is, is definitely, I would say not as big from like a recreation standpoint. Um, but I live right across the street. Like I can look out my window right now in the, the, there's three or four like big open soccer practice fields. And, uh, my club Slavia actually is, is, is the best, uh, soccer team in the Czech Republic that like they play a uh, champions league and stuff. So they're playing against the best teams in all of Europe. Wow. And so <clears throat> there's wow. just, there's such a big, like any given day I walk out and they're having practice and, or games for you. Like it, it's like, they start you when you're eight years old. And so it's just all the time there's kids out there playing games, practicing um, guys are, um, you know, ki- little kids are, you know, running around late at night that, you know, y'all I'll, I'll They'll pass me in the halls. They got their their soccer ball and their cleats, and they just got there and they're just having fun. And so, and so it's it's so big here, and it's kind of honestly it's cool to see, um, especially on when the soccer team has a game because the the big stadiums, you know, five minute walk from my from my hotel, and so the people that are just walking around the game to atmosphere. I mean, I compare it honestly to like a big college football game, right? There's tailgating. There's you know people are throwing brought worse on the grill there's people going crazy running around noise makers the whole nine yards and so um it's a big deal and it's something that i i've really come to kind of appreciate and i'll even find myself when i get bored i'll just go out there and, and sit on the grass and watch 11 year old boys just go at it on the soccer field so it's kind of cool <laughs> have any of the uh, sk slavia praha um soccer players come and watch your games uh 
you know, I, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even be able to pick them out of a crowd. But uh, <laughs> we had a good crowd today. We had a really good crowd. Um, our gym, I, I don't know what the capacity is of our gym, but it was it was pretty full. And so <clears throat> there's, kind, there's kind of a big sports community here, honestly. there's a uh, We share a gym with the handball team. Oh wow! And there's a uh, Slavia has a, a soccer team, or excuse me, not a soccer hockey team, um, <clears throat> as well. And every Slavia team plays. I mean, not not dissimilar to like a college, you know, university. You know, you got the volleyball gym, and then the basketball gym, and then the football field. It's all kind of right here. And so I live in almost like a little sports village type thing. So it's definitely a cool atmosphere to be a part of. For sure, for sure. Um, so being a point guard. Uh, back to basketball being a point guard is like being you got to be a leader and an extension of the coach uh what's what's hard about that because i mean you're playing internationally there's got to be a lot of different languages spoken on the team uh i mean how do you how do you communicate plays and and motivate your guys you know through those communication barriers yeah it's been there's definitely a barrier but it's um it's certainly not not anything that's not that I, I guess I should say it's it's not the end of the world um, because I'd say every single teammate I have um, speaks English at least to some degree, and so the communication there is is a uh, is good. Like when we call plays, it's in English, um, so it's not a problem there. My coach speaks English <laughs> just fine, and so um, I think some, something that helps is, is Prague is such a big um like tourist location like it's like a lot of people say Prague is one of the prettiest cities in the world um which I can attest to but so you get a lot of travelers from America and other places that come and so um they speak English a lot um so a lot of times you'll find that like waiters and waitresses at restaurants will speak English um different things like that (laughs) so that helps quite a bit um kind of one of the only like inconveniences is when we're just sitting in the locker room after practice and everyone's just chopping it up and joking around and laughing and then you, you have no idea what they're talking about but you know that's not a that's not the end of the world she's kind of like man i wish i knew what they're saying but if you know something's important enough and they'll catch me like looking like kind of you know, what do they say and they'll, they'll say hey he was just saying this and so my teammates have been really good about like if something that co- coach will say something and check and if they feel like i should know what he just said then they'll do a good job of relaying that information to me so it's been it's been honestly not an issue at all do you feel like you are slowly learning the language as you're playing there more and more not one bit, not one <laughs> bit. they say they say Czech's the top three hardest language in the world to learn and so um I, to be quite honest i haven't even put in that much effort into doing so um chow is like a European, just like, hello, hi. So pretty much when you walk by anybody, they'll just say ciao, and I'll just say ciao. <laughs> um, and then a couple other vocab words I've learned, like dobre means good, just a couple of things like that. But I haven't even began to think about, like, <laughs> formulating sentences or anything like that. Um, it's, like I said, it's not a necessity for me to do so. And so, <clears throat> you know, I've kind of just come to terms with, you know, maybe I'll learn a couple of vocab words every week, but it's unrealistic for me to think that I'll be able to learn Czech well enough to communicate in it by, you know, midway through the year. Yeah, you're you're pretty busy anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So uh, how, how has it been like, you know, trying to communicate with your family and friends? I mean, I know you made this work seven hours ahead, but uh, is it being, is it hard at all to keep in contact with your parents, sister, friends? Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's different. That's, that's what I'll say. Um, yeah. It's just kind of, it's kind of about finding your routine to be honest. It's, it's knowing that like, so the main people I talk to um, my girlfriend back home, my mom and dad and my sister. And so it's like, okay, I just finished dinner. <clears throat> Riley should be waking up anytime now. Or it's like, okay, it's 11 o'clock at night here, but my mom just got off work. And so I can call her if I need to. So it's just kind of getting comfortable with that seven hour thing. And, um, <clears throat> and so there's, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of an inconvenience in the sense that I wish when I woke up at <clears throat> 12 or one, I could text, you know, saw something or needed something or whatever i wish i could text somebody but uh you know it's four in the morning i'm back in the states and so to be honest like i said just finding your routine um <clears throat> kind of learning what everybody else's schedule is um knowing my schedule and then but i, I found that i i stay up pretty late anyway and so when i'm staying up till like from on any given night from like from pretty much now until I go to bed, which is, you know, in time between 12 and two, um, I'm pretty free. And so, you know, by that time, like by now, most people back in the States are awake. And so that's kind of my communication zone is from like dinner time to when I go to bed. And so it's really only an issue per se when like right when I wake up and no one else from the States is back up, but that's usually when I'm at practice or, you know, doing whatever else going and walking around. And so, no, it hadn't been too bad to be quite honest with you. It's just different. <clears throat> so when the NBA season starts this year, uh, how are you going to be able to watch games? You know, I'm assuming that they're going to be at weird times for you. Is that something you're going to have to watch reruns? What do you have a game plan for that yet? Yeah, you know, I've thought of a lot about it. So for one, I, I have, I got league pass. That's definitely, I, you know, I needed to have it. And, a lot of times, I'm sure I'll be watching games the next day. Um, <clears throat> I found myself a couple times so far already this year staying up way later than I need to because it's a big game. Like uh, A&M played Alabama football. Mm -hmm. I'm an A&M fan. Mm -hmm. They played Alabama football uh, last Saturday. I want to say the game started at, I think it was a 7.30 tip-off or 7.30 kick. And so 2.30 here. Oh, man. So there's been a couple times where I've 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 regretted doing so, but I've stayed up way later than <laughs> usual. Um, I'm thinking most of the time it's going to be me watching the next day. But I mean, every now and then, you know, if the Mavs are playing a playoff game, I'm staying up. Or, you know, I'm waking <laughs> up or I'm staying up however late I need to. Um, so it's just you know it's priorities, right? If it's a big Mavs game, maybe I'll stay up. Mm -hmm. If it's just a normal league pass game that I wouldn't mind you know, wouldn't mind watching, then I can, they can wait till the next day. So talking about the Mavs, uh, just NBA in general, is there any uh, players that you tried to, you know, who's your favorite player? And then give me some names of players you tried to learn from and, and take stuff from their game. Uh, favorite player right now is Luca. I think that's a pretty basic yes, answer. <laughs> um, but to your other question, Luca and I have no similarities whatsoever in our <laughs> games. Um, so a lot of people give me the Steve Nash comparison. Uh, I think that does a little bit of a disservice to Steve Nash. Um, <laughs> he was definitely more crafty with the ball than I was, but he was my favorite player growing up. Um, 
from kind of the earliest I can remember watching the Mavs, he was he was on the team. Um, uh, back when he he played with Dirk, and so I I got into watching him, and then <clears throat> I love watching him on the Suns with a uh, Stoudemire and uh, Mike D'Antoni in that offense, and so. He's kind of been – he was one that I really always um, appreciate to watch and just kind of be an undersized, uh, not particularly strong, but he always just kind of found a way to make winning plays. And so he's one of my favorite players for sure. And then Luca and Dirk, just being a Mavs fan, how can you not yeah. like those guys? Man, I think – I mean, last time I played with you, I saw some things you took from J.J. Barea, I'm not going to lie. The way yeah. you would get you would get into the paint, and if nothing was there, you'd keep your dribble alive and kind of loop around in the paint again. I mean, that, that keeps defenses guessing. Steve Nashville was pretty good at that as well. Yeah. Yeah, they both just kind of have the dribble around and continuous circles until something good happens or the defense makes a mistake. Um, <laughs> I've, I've gotten the J.J. Barea comparison a time or two, and I, I don't mind that at all. Um, that's a Mavs legend right there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There isn't, there isn't one guy I'd say that I've just completely mirrored my game after. It's just – picking and choosing different things from different players that, that suit, you know, what I can do. Yeah. So uh, where do you see your career going? Uh, are you going to try to stay in, in Prague for a while, lead them to a, to a Czech championship, or you want to move around in the EuroLeague? Or is your dreams NBA? You know what? <clears throat> At this point in time, I'm just – I'm doing my best to just kind of to, – to be present and, and be where my feet are. Um, yeah. And not look – too far ahead um there's there's so many cool possibilities that could come with um playing basketball um i'm also i'm well aware that you know certain things like injuries or just any circumstances um stuff that happens back home you know just whatever the case may be that um definitely this pro basketball thing isn't a guaranteed you know it isn't a given and so understanding that um, you know, I have a life to live beyond basketball and that, you know, basketball is, is what I do. It's not who I am. And right. so, you know, knowing that, yeah, there's all sorts of cool possibilities and maybe in an ideal world, I, I play a year or two more after this and, um, you know, who, who knows what countries or what places it'll take me. But, uh, I'm also, you know, pretty confident and, you know, at peace with the fact that, you know, it's taken me this far already, and I'm certainly uh, satisfied with, with the things I've been able to accomplish. So at this point, <clears throat> more than anything, it's just about enjoying um, every single day. Um, you know, yeah, I'm away from home. And yeah, it's been really hard not being with, you know, family, friends, loved ones. But at the same time, I'm getting to, to essentially get paid to, you know, play basketball and pursue a dream of mine. So, um <clears throat> No matter what happened, I think more than anything, I'm just really enjoying the opportunity and uh, taking it day by day. Is there a favorite, uh, you know, piece of this, you know, this experience so far for you? You know, if you had to say, looking back on everything um, since in college and going to the Czech Republic and, you know, joining the team, playing those games, I think you said y'all are two and two at the moment. Two and two. Um, so has there been a favorite part of that for you? I won't. I can't think of one certain moment so far that necessarily stands out. I will say, I mean, more than anything, like putting the actual pen to paper and signing my first pro contract was was a 
super cool for me and i'm not i'm not generally someone that's super emotional about that type of stuff but it was really a cool moment just to kind of take a step back and think i'm i'm a professional athlete now you know no matter what level it is i mean obviously it's not um, the highest level of basketball that there could be but nonetheless it is pro basketball and so um yeah like i i I touched on it earlier i think it's just like each day comes with a new opportunity and it comes with like something that i've never seen before that's the beauty of being out here um i'm doing my best to kind of find a routine and figure out what works for me and what doesn't and what i can't i can't do and where i should and shouldn't go but but uh you know there's there's so much new and so much different over here it's like um every single day there's just there's some experience that you have good or bad that's just like wow like that's different like on a road trip the other day going to the gas station and having to pay like a dollar or a euro or whatever to go to the bathroom like just like okay not a big deal but like it's just different right like there's just so many things that are that are not the same and so it's it's trying to get used to all that trying to just appreciate the uniqueness of it um getting to travel the world essentially and and play basketball you know or through basketball i get to travel the world and so that's kind of a a cool perk of doing what i'm doing is that i get to see different cities like we've already been to slovakia um for a little preseason tournament um if you you had told me four years ago that i was gonna ever go to slovakia in my life i'd have been like nah probably not but it's just like because of basketball i get to do that and so (laughs) Again, it's just it's just appreciating every moment and taking in all the little experiences and the inconveniences and all the all the things that come with it. So, uh, I mean, I know you said after your you don't know what you have in store for the rest of your basketball career, but you know, down the line, that's not gonna last forever. Uh, hopefully, it lasts as long as as it possibly can. But uh, what would you like to do afterwards? Like, do you wanna wanna get like an everyday job over here in the states? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to pursue engineering, like you said, or do you want to stick around as a coach or trainer? What do you think? Um, definitely my plan after basketball is to become a coach, a basketball coach. I don't – I don't. I'm not for sure as far as, like, what level I want to – you know, whether that be high school or college. Um, some days I'll wake up and I'll lean one way, and other days I'll feel a different way. Um, but ultimately, I – I just want to be around the game as, as long as I can. Um, you guys can appreciate this because, you know, you're sports followers, sports fans. And so, um, you know, whatever it is I end up doing, I, I just feel like <clears throat> I love sports so much. And, and it's, there's, they've been such a big part of my life up to this point. Um, I really just feel like it should be a part of my life going forward. And that's not to say that I have to go be a coach or I have to be directly involved in sports, but it's just such a beautiful thing. I think that, in some way, shape, or form, is going to be a part of my life. And obviously, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, I certainly like to coach. Um, so, at you know, at this point, that's kind of my plan. So, uh, if there's anybody, if there's any advice, you know, you've learned, uh, give me like in one sentence or or you know, a few sentences. Just keep it short. How would you, you know, reach out to younger hoopers and give them advice for pursuing their dreams? I would say. So I'd say two things I would say. And so the first being to 
that your work at you'll you'll only go as far as your work ethic takes you. And that's I mean, that's such a cliche thing to say is, you know, hard work pays all, you know, I've heard all of that, but it really is true. It's the what you put in is what you're gonna get out. And so, um, if you wanna go as far as you possibly can in anything that you do, I think it's uh you gotta put in as much as you possibly can and work to be the best version of yourself, whether that be an athlete or businessman or you know you know employee whatever the case may be and so that's number one i think is is your work ethic needs to to match your aspirations and then uh the second thing i think this is this also speaks to both athletes and non-athletes is that um you can't you can't get too high or too low um and that's the more i've gone through basketball and the ups and downs that come with it the more (laughs) i've really appreciated this and my college coach, Coach Green, always kind of say, hey, you got to stay right here, right? Never too high, never too low. Um, <clears throat> you're going to come out and have days at practice where you wonder why the heck you even started playing basketball in the first place. Um, can't make a shot. You're turning the ball over. You're not having fun the whole nine yards. And then you're going to have days where you're winning the conference championship and you're, you know, you're on top of the world. And um, But there's so many days in between, right? There's so many days where – you know, and there's everything in between. There's highs, lows, back to high. And the the thing that I kind of always remember is that, you know, if I'm way up here at the top of the mountain, I'm going to go back down at some point. And if I'm way down here at the bottom, I'm going to go back up at some point. That's just the way things work. And so it's just – it's finding peace and comfort in, in that you're going to have ups and downs. But, um, you know, if you just put your head down and work hard, it's, it's going to work out for you in the end. So um, is there – as we kind of wrap this up, uh, if you have anything else you want to, you want to touch on and talk about, let us know. But uh, right now I'm wondering, uh, is there anybody who you'd really like to shout out uh, for helping you along your journey, your journey? I know you talked about coach Littleton and coach green, um, anybody else? Um, you know, every, every coach I've had um, has played a role in where I'm at right now. Some obviously a lot bigger than others. Um <laughs> You spoke about Coach Littleton and Coach Green. Coach Merrick is another one. Um, he's the Coach assistant Merrick? at Fire Mound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's the assistant at Fire Mound. And uh, he was actually with me longer than any coach I've ever had. I, he coached me in middle school at Shadow Ridge Middle School. Uh, we had two uh, LISD district championships there for the Panthers. Uh, and then when I went to high school, he actually got the job at the high school. And so he was with me for, <clears throat> for six straight years there. And uh, he played a big part in my life. Um, and then you know, AAU coaches, every, everybody um, in some way, shape, or form have a, made me a better basketball player. But I think most importantly, and what the beauty of sports is, is that <clears throat> you have so many different coaches to add some sort of value to your life. Teach you, you know, how to, <clears throat> how to become a better person, a better man. And uh, I've been fortunate. <clears throat> that's, that's one of the coolest things to me about all this. Like, when you know over the summer like before i left the day before i left to come over here uh i went up to to find my high school during third period and watched them try out i just went and got lunch with coach Littleton, and we're just reminiscing about you know the good old days and different games we had in high school and you know you're gonna remember the relationship they made with with everybody along the way and i think every single coach i've had has uh, played a part in making to this point um, you know where I'm at right now. Um, I think the beauty of it is that each each coach I've had um, 
Coach Littleton, like you said, Coach Green, Coach Merrick um, was with me six years, you know, middle school and high school. Um, <clears throat> so he was with me longer than anybody else that I've had. Um, Coach Wright and Coach Hodge at Flyer Mound, um, Coach Quinn at Southeastern. Um, but everybody that <clears throat> that I've had the pleasure of playing for has has added value to my life in some way, and that's not necessarily basketball-wise. That's um, – I'm speaking in terms of just becoming a better person. And um, <clears throat> I think that's what's so cool about sports is that, yeah, you're going to remember the wins and losses. Um, but more than anything, I think what I'll appreciate most is just the relationships that I've made through sport and the memories um, memories that I've made um, with those people. Um, I think that'll, <clears throat> that'll stick with me a lot longer than some of the wins and losses or the stats or the, the miss and make shots. Um, things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, I could, I could go down the list and shout out every single coach I've had. Um, obviously my parents have been <clears throat> more instrumental than anybody, but I think as a whole, um, all the authority figures in my basketball playing career have just have all played a super important role in one way or another to, to me being who I am today and the type of player that I am today. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always good to remember, you know, who, who got you, to where you are today not who got you but who helped you you got yourself exactly. there but uh yeah yeah um that's that's gonna wrap it up i mean i had some trivia to ask you man but you ended up answering all of the questions during the interview i don't know if you uh saw the last one with jj you were ready for that or <clears throat> no i wasn't uh, i wasn't ready for it but i am glad i didn't have to do trivia because uh i think i would have struggled with some trivia on, on air but <laughs> No, I appreciate you guys having me on. That was a lot of fun. I love just getting to, to talk hoops and kind of tell my story in a sense. And I appreciate what you guys are doing, uh, kind of giving us athletes kind of uh, an avenue, a platform to kind of share our experiences. And uh, hopefully someone out there hears this, they can, they can learn a thing or two from what I've had to say. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate you so much for uh, for hopping on. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story with us because – I think, I think that is very, very interesting. And I think that you bring a really unique perspective. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. You're living, you're living the uh, reverse Bo Cruz life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A little Netflix reference. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, again, thank you. And uh, I'll chop up this, uh, this audio. So. So it'll flow a lot smoother. I know we're de- yeah. dealing with uh, different Wi-Fi issues on, on all of our ends, but yeah. uh, we got through it. And uh, thanks, man. We'll, we'll continue to be in touch about the Mavs. If you need anything yeah. from here in the States, let us know. Um, for sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah. Hey, D, man. It was great to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you, too. Y'all keep it up. Y'all are doing a really good thing. So I'll be, I'll be definitely tuned in to, to future episodes. So y'all keep it up. Appreciate it, my man. You have a good one. All right, peace.